1: Hey guys, before this episode starts, I want to talk about some pretty cool news. Okie Investigations now has its own website. It's truecrime.blog and it is a running blog for crime stories and for this show. So if you're a true crime buff and you want to see some cool things that we gathered while researching each show, including a timeline of events that we put together, uh, newspaper clippings, court documents, and much, much more. Come check us out at truecrime.blog. One, two, three, Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oki Investigations. My name is Trevor Shelby. In this episode, we're going to discuss the story of a girl who went missing after a middle school football game in Midwest City, Oklahoma. This case remains one of the most shocking violent crimes in Oklahoma's history. ...that still has people asking questions today. In this episode, we'll discuss what happened, why, and what's happened since. But first, if you're a first-time listener, to experience this podcast to its finest, hit that subscribe button, so when we have new episodes, you will be the first to know. Then head on over to our Facebook page, here we can discuss the case together, and perhaps come up with our own theories on the many cases that will be featured on this show find us at facebook.com forward slash okie investigations this episode is probably going to be the first multi-part episode that we have on the show when i first set out to do okie investigations i actually was setting up to do like face-to-face interviews with families and friends of those who are featured on this show that was about january of 2020 just before covid really hit the united states after that, I really had to rethink of, you know, what I was doing and how I was going to do it. That's really how this show was born. I have a few cases set aside. I'm hoping that when all of this calms down, I can do, you know, a few interviews uh, or even do the, the interviews, maybe over Zoom, but I've been really impressed with the response that I've received on this show. Thank you to those who have reached out and suggested cases. I've received about 20 messages on Facebook with uh, possible cases that I can look into. I plan on looking into each and every one of them. I cannot guarantee that they will be featured as an episode on the show, but I will do what I can do. Another thing I want to mention is the poster for Fawn and Rosalind Abel is still going strong. If you haven't already, checked out our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Investigations go over there check it out share it please it's really good cause it's been shared hundreds of times and has been seen by thousands upon thousands of people part of that success is because i've received a small donation to run the poster as an ad on facebook if you'd like to contribute to keep the missing poster ads running uh, and support the show, go to our Anchor page at anchor.com forward slash Okie Investigations. There you will see a support button. Now uh, you can donate that way, or you can send a, uh, any kind of monetary donation via Cash App to money sign oki O-K-I-E-I, like oki Investigations, O-K-I-E-I. Now let's get on with the show. The 1980s were kind of an odd time. I spent my childhood being just a wild and crazy kid in Choctaw, Oklahoma. I lived just a few houses down from our school, and it was completely common, especially on football game nights, that we would walk with our friends down to the local plaza, hang out with them, and then return back to the school and watch our school's football team. For me, it was a way to hang out with friends without so much parental supervision. Uh, there were times that I didn't get back until late at night and my parents never really worried so much, even though the TVs were always reminding them to check to see where we were.
0: It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are?
1: I tell you all this because today's story happened just a couple of miles from where I went to school in Midwest City, Oklahoma, 1984. For those of you who don't already know this, Oklahoma is a big football state, and Midwest City Schools is a big football team. Thursday, September 27th ended up being a dreary day, but the football season was just hitting up, so many students were excited about the coming game. One of those students was Jennifer Janelle Gilbert, who went by the name of JJ to her school friends and teachers. J.J. was a cute 12-year-old middle school student who was known for her intelligence and kindness. She surrounded herself with great friends, and although she was quiet spoken, her friends would have nothing but good things to say about her. This year she was in the Pep Club and was ready to cheer on the team. That day, Principal Larry Springfield told the members of the Pep Club they didn't need to attend today's game due to the dismal weather conditions. But to his surprise, J.J. was the first girl online to purchase and pick up her scarlet and gray pep club uniform. Before the game, J.J. and some of her friends went in early to hang out with the team before they had to go onto the field. For many of them, this would be the last time they would get to do so. It's amazing what can happen in a blink of an eye and with so many people around. This game was attended by 500 people, people who were fans, parents. Students, teachers, off-duty police officers, but only a few witnessed what really happened. By all accounts, the game went fine. After the game, nothing would ever be the same. What was planned for that night was J.J.'s stepfather was going to pick her up right after the game. Jerry arrived and when he pulled up to the school's parking lot, he decided he was going to circle back around due to so many parents already there picking up their kids. I don't know if you remember what it's like to pick up children or be picked up at school, but it can be a nightmare. Even today, going and getting your kids from school events can be a madhouse, so I really don't blame Jerry for any of this. Jerry came back around and JJ was nowhere but to be seen. Jerry waited and waited and soon he was one of the last people there. He knew something was not right. This was not like JJ at all. And so the parents contacted the police that night. Now, I can't imagine what it would be like to have a kid that was missing and not know what to do other than to call the police. There's been one time in my life that I can remember where I felt so hopeless and needed to find my child. I was at work and my wife calls me and tells me that my daughter was not at the child care facility that she would go to after school they tell her that she never got off the bus so they don't know if she was on the bus uh, but she never arrived so they just thought she was sick or something they didn't call us and check so here it is hours later i have no clue where my daughter is well it ends up she took the bus and came to our neighborhood with a friend and went to her house and it was just down the road and Uh, Stayed some time there, and then she came to our house and waited for us to get home. So while we were panicking, uh, we got home, and there she was, sitting on the porch. This family, however, was waiting overnight with no idea where their little girl was. They had no clue if she were in danger, if she was safe or not. Sadly, in this case, she was not safe at all. The Midwest City Police and the junior high worked quickly together trying to figure out what happened to J.J., The principal talked to the kids over the school's intercom system and told them that J.J. was missing since the game and they needed to know if they had any information on J.J.'s movements after the game. Twenty students in all came forward with what they knew of what happened. One story was given to authorities is that after the game, J.J. walked out front where the parents typically come to pick their kids up, Uh, She was talking with friends while waiting, and then she spotted her stepfather. She then started walking to the front of the main building to be picked up. Another student came forward with some more details. He states that he saw someone pushing a struggling JJ into a car, and then they drove off together. Although this student would be the only one to report such a thing happening, it was quite possible his account was true. The next morning, several youths were headed down a country road in Hara, Oklahoma, just ten miles from Midwest City Junior High, and they saw something odd on the side of the road. To their horror, it was the semi-nude body of a young girl. They quickly alerted the police, and it wasn't long for the police to figure out who it was. It was sweet, innocent JJ. When the police arrived, JJ was wearing only her bra and underwear that was pulled down to her knees. Police believe she was not murdered at this location but was dumped here. Now to support this theory is that it looked like at one time JJ had been bound and gagged. She had several marks around her wrist and face that would suggest she was kept alive for some time and was restrained in this fashion. The family and school were alerted the same day about the discovery of JJ's body. It was tragic. Friends of JJ were interviewed by the local news, and many of them had just wonderful things to say about JJ. Some of the students didn't want to be identified due to the nature of the killing. This was now a town that had a murder on the loose, and everyone feared that he would strike again. Saturday, September 30th, just a couple of days after the abduction, the police had this to say in a daily Oklahoman article. The article's title is Breakthrough Seen in Slaying. Midwest City Police Chief Jim Cox said Saturday authorities investigating the, the strangulation slaying of 12-year-old Jennifer Gilbert might have a breakthrough in the case today. Cox would not give any details but said Saturday evening that he thought only one person was responsible for the slaying. The body of the Midwest City girl was found beside the road near Hera Friday. Officials said she apparently had been strangled and possibly sexually molested. Now, this seems like not a lot of information here, but reading between the lines, they have some clues they are following that is leading them somewhere, and they have possibly found some evidence. Also, since the discovery of the body, the medical examiner was trying to figure out the cause of death. It seems like at this point, J.J. is believed to have been strangled and then possibly sexually assaulted. One of the main talking points during this time was how can something like this happen to anyone when the school should be the, one of the safest places for our kids to be at? The school's response to all this was that there's no 100% foolproof way to protect everyone at the football games. What Midwest City did for security at the time was they had a lot of teachers come to the games and they also had some off-duty police officers at games as well. Together, they would keep an eye on things as best as possible. Other schools in Oklahoma reportedly did the same thing or something very similar to that. Bill Bradley, the Nichols Hills Police Chief, was interviewed by the Daily Oklahoman and had this to say about it. I think that they are afraid to meet the problems head on. Talking to a 12-year-old about being abducted and sexually abused and being killed is very uncomfortable but it's necessary. Children should be educated. Make the child aware of becoming a victim. Tell your children to always stay in a group. Children are curious. They're more vulnerable when alone. As a parent, you don't wanna scare your children, but you may do more harm than good if you don't teach them about the dangers that are in this world so many kids even today think that they are invulnerable they think that there is nothing in this world that can harm them but the sad truth to all this is that there are people out there that will take advantage of children they will harm them they can kill them what chief bradley said 30 years ago stands even truer now than ever kids have more access to the outside world with the help from technology Make sure you're constantly checking their devices and keeping your children safe. Tuesday, October 2nd, 1984, Jennifer Janelle Gilbert was laid to rest at Memory Lane Cemetery in Hara, Oklahoma. Reverend Charles Stripe presided over the funeral during the service, and during the service he was quoted by the Daily Oklahoman as saying, We do have some measure of responsibility, Stripe said. Who could have done such a crime? The answer is everybody. To the extent that we allow things to go on in the world that excite unbridled passion, to an extent, we are guilty. In this minister's eyes, it was a decline in values that allowed this girl to be killed. But personally, I believe that there are monsters in this world, and you can live in any era, and they will be present. You can have any values you want, and they will still be there. That's why you have to do all that you can to protect your children. And I don't think there's a parent out there right now that would argue with me on that point. Now, Thursday night, the same night of the deduction, a man just a half mile from the Midwest City School reported that his car was stolen. The next day, his car was found two miles from the school. The only problem was that someone was driving it. This was a man with a very colorful history of violence. Next week, we're going to move forward with this case. Join us as we delve further into the background of this mystery man who has attacked before. Did he do it again? Now, before we close this episode, we're going to step into the Oaky time machine and take a step back into uh, Oklahoma's darker history. And let's, uh, let's dig up some true crime from somewhere in the 1920s or 30s or 40s. Now, knowing the main story this week is a little heavy, I wanted to find something a little light. Uh, ...for you guys to listen to... ...for our Oklahoma history lesson... ...a little lighter than what we usually... ...have on the show... Um, ...this one... ...really caught my attention... ...because it's... ...it's very interesting... Uh, ...that's all I'm going to say... ...so, my question to you this week is... ...do you believe in karma? If someone does something awful... Did they end up getting awful in return? Does somebody that does something good get something good in return? And as a prime example of karma, we're going to step back in our time machine and go all the way back to October 13th, 1912, in a little town called Peru, Oklahoma. Now, if you're wanting to visit Peru, Oklahoma, you're going to have to be a certified diver. And... Yeah, have some snorkeling gear or something because it's at the bottom of Keystone Lake right now. Now, there is a new Peru, Oklahoma, but it is not at the original location, obviously. So this article was found in the Daily Oklahoman. Awaiting identification here Saturday night is the body of the lone bandit, who Sunday morning daringly walked into the state bank here, confronted the cashier with a gun and forced him to hand over $2,000. The bandit was shot and killed while riding at breakneck speeds along a country road a few miles north of Peru. He was shot by H.C. Burke, a farmer whose horse the robber had stolen Friday night. The entire booty secured from the bank was found on the person of the dead man and restored to the bank. Cashier J.G. Danner of the bank was alone in the building when the robber, unmasked, walked in. He made no suspicious move until he appeared at the window with an ugly appearing revolver in his hand. The cashier, taken by surprise, made no resistance, and at the command of the bandit, handed over the money on the counter, approximately $2,000. The robber then turned and fled on the animal which he had stolen the night before. Mr. Burke was near the road at his home when he saw the robber approaching, at a mad gallop, but he was not aware that he had just held up the bank. Recognizing the horse, he seized a shotgun and commanded the rider to halt. There was no response and he fired. The first shot struck the man in the breast killing him instantly finding the money on the body burke suspected robbery and it wasn't long until he was notified that the man was wanted the robbery at the bank was the third within the last three years time and the killing of this man formed the first apprehension of any of those robbers you would think at this time this uh this bank might Step up security a little bit, seeing that they've been robbed three times in less than three years. That's one a year. I mean, that might be worth security, uh, paying somebody to hang out with a gun. I don't know. Either way, let me know. Uh, If you uh, feel so inclined, go to anchor.fm forward slash Okie Investigations. That is the central hub for our podcast you could actually uh, leave us a message. You can do an audio message, and we can actually play that over the air if you want. What I want to know is if you believe in karma, yes or no, and what is your reasoning behind it? In this particular case, I find it really interesting that uh, this guy not only... He goes out, he finds a horse, and he steals it. Then he proceeds to go down the road to a bank the next day he robs that bank gets 2,000 bucks which back then I mean that's that's quite a bit of money Uh, he then jumps on the horse takes off fast as he can not even thinking anything about it he rides back by the house that he stole the horse from and to his unlucky you know i call it karma i guess but to his unlucky surprise the owner of that horse saw him coming he got a gun came out told him to stop he should have stopped because that guy wasn't playing he shot him shot him dead it's a pretty crazy story pretty 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 nuts and uh, i love these stories because there's so much of this in that's that's in our history Uh, it's just amazing to to stumble across these uh, left and right um but yeah i will actually post this article on our facebook page if you want to read it in full it's uh it's quite the entertaining read definitely check it out facebook.com forward slash okie investigations Join me next week as we take a deeper dive into the murder of JJ and we uh, kind of move forward with that story. I don't know how many parts this is going to be. It's probably only just going to be a handful of parts, but yeah, it's, uh, it's quite the tell and I think you guys are going to enjoy this story. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing and you will be notified as soon as new episodes are coming out we are also uh toy with the idea of adding a, another show um for the week adding a second show so don't be surprised if you see something special start coming out on wednesdays so i will see you guys next week i sincerely hope you enjoyed the show see you next time